Welcome back to another edition of Cleveland Schwill. And we have some members of Tricky Dick and the Cover-Ups. And they're going to be telling us all about what it's like to play every venue in here in Cleveland, pretty much. And weddings and all the different parties that are going on and what they've got coming up and how they, how you can find them. But before we get into that, Dave Hamilton, my co-host, is with me. Dave, say what's up. What's up, Brian? How are you? I'm good. How you been? Uh, I've been all right, all right, having a little little back pain, you know, nothing nothing a 40-year-old has experienced before. Yeah, uh, that's what I've been I'm, hearing. I, I, I'm getting through it. The cold weather helps. So. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been busy, too, uh, and I don't have back pain, so that's a plus. So no. I, I'm not going to say anything about that. Uh, but before we get into the interview, Dave, what are you drinking? Uh, well, tonight tonight felt like a hot tea night, so I'm on the oolong tea with a little raw honey. Uh, wow. You know how the singers do it. We like to have a little tea with us all the time, so here here I am. Oolong For tea. the vocal cords. Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I'm drinking 12 Dogs of Christmas uh, ale, and these this is actually my favorite, um, you know, seasonal beer. And I had a, I had heard this, and I don't know if it's true that the Twelve Dogs of Christmas Ale is actually from Thirsty Dog is actually yeah. the original uh, Christmas ale from Great yeah. Lake. I have actually heard that as well. I and, don't know if that's just a rumor or if it's true, but well, I I feel like the people that have told me that are the kind of people that drink so much that they would know. Or they forgot. Or they forgot the reality. You never know. <laughs> Uh, I'll um, take word for it. I drink one of them. You convince me anything. <laughs> so let's get to our guest. We got uh, vocals and drummer Matt Johnson from Tricky Dick in the Cover Up. Matt, how are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you for inviting us onto onto your um, podcast, my old man. Yep. He's like, he's like, yeah, this guy contacted me. He's got a lot of energy. I'm going to talk to him and talk about my artwork. And I think that's what led us, uh, let us. Hear we, yeah, we, act, we absolutely love his artwork too. And he was a was phenomenal awesome. guest. I got his uh, right, got it right there. Hanging right at the end of my guitars. I picked up, a, um, I ended up buying one of his prints, uh, shortly after, and I have it right over here. Um, uh, but I haven't hung it yet. But I love his work, and I'm actually gonna in uh, February go out to that. Um, I think it's at Stella's Gallery. Yeah, uh, I'd have to double check the date. I think it's the ninth or tenth or something like that. February, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna go out there and check him out and see some of the other artists. Yeah, um, but yeah, Matt, thanks for coming on, man. I, did you bring a drink with you? You drinking anything? Uh, just coffee for me. I the. The, the mug just says naughty. 
it's, uh, <laughs> that's, enough. that's enough right there yeah like, there's another yeah. one that says nice so i don't know if that if that's uh tells you anything about my my <laughs> demeanor and state of mind but to tonight i'm a coffee drinking naughty guy hey if only the nice mug is available you probably just skip it completely huh yeah that's like all right uh, I'll, I'll put that one aside and, uh, for my wife or something <laughs> perfect it then, of... oh go ahead go ahead oh babe. no he for some reason his coffee mug reminded me of these um this is from like toledo like probably over 10 years ago and we had those those cups those plastic cups i forget what they even said but we ended yeah. up breaking them both during the show. And I can't remember. It said, yeah, we got them at like the Toledo mall. This is back. We'd go to Toledo and do um, like back to backs at like the bar one, four five out in that area. And so we'd end up going to the mall or just whatever we could find in Toledo to, to burn some time uh, during the day. And like, we came across like these goblets and this was like, I guess in the tail end of like the crunk era, of like little John, uh, you know, gold plated teeth and gob- goblets that were like had diamonds on them. And um, yeah, I'm pretty sure mine said crunk on it. And we were just drinking those. We were like, this is great. And we filled them with, uh, with beer and we're drinking those. all day. That's, that sounds like a good time to me. Yeah. Uh, mine said something obnoxious. I mean, probably a word that I shouldn't even say on this podcast. I'm not sure if we're even love cursing or whatever. Oh, Doug, you can say whatever the hell you want. Oh, uh, probably said bitch or something like that. But it was it was <laughs> funny. It didn't even last us one night. We got we broke them both. Yeah, like, pretty, yeah. Show. they definitely were were broken by the end of that show. <laughs> that was the era of Tricky Dick where a lot of things got lost and broken. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough dueling on cups nowadays. Yeah. There's, you know what I mean? People don't take the time to really stud their drinks up like they used to in those days. That's true. Nowadays, it's like I've seen like um, Crocs get like, get like dolled up. Like that's a big thing. Like people put I, it on like. Uh, that too. Yes. I, that's that's the house. I haven't seen that. That sounds ridiculous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> out more. Did I get out, get out more? You talking yeah. about Crocs, the shoes with like people buying yeah. the charms and stuff and putting them on there? Yeah, or like oh, yeah. them in like whatever, whatever way. Crunk Crocs. <laughs> Crunk Crocs, yeah. I mean, it's time. It's God it's, forbid you come across a pair of Crocs and not know that they're yours. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, well, that, hey, that brings me to this, though. I, we haven't introduced uh, Doug Schulze yet who also plays guitar, bass, and vocals. We've heard from him, but I didn't get to introduce you formally, Doug, so I had to throw that out there. I had to make sure you got everybody knows. Usually introduced haphazardly, so don't worry about it. That's fine. Yeah, okay. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, both of you guys, thanks a lot for for coming on. Uh, I know you guys got tons and tons of shows coming up. We're going to have to talk about everything you got coming up in uh, 2023. But before that, I kind of wanted to know, how did you, uh, did you guys grow up in Cleveland or did you, how'd you end up here? Yeah, I grew up, uh, I'm in uh, East, East side. So I grew up in like uh, Willowick. Okay. Uh, So Eastern suburbs, went to East Lake North high school, uh, graduated and went to Miami university and then, um, you know, got a job coming out of college uh, in Lorraine. So I ended up moving to, to the Lakewood area at that point. It was right around then when like, actually I, the, the band started to form and Lakewood ended up kind of being the, 
the epicenter in, in a lot of ways of like where the band grew from. So it was kind of uh, just good luck that I had, I got an apartment by around the corner, um, you know, in 2006 or seven or whenever it was. Um, so did yeah, you, I'm, I'm a Cleveland area guy for most of my life. That's all right. Matt, when did you play music uh, like growing up or when did you get into the drums? Was that something you did when you were younger or when you got older? Yeah, I got I got my first drum kit in the eighth grade uh, for Christmas. And it was like I had, you know, discovered like Nirvana. Um, that was like the one that got me going, like a lot of people probably of my generation or perhaps a generation before. But I kind of got the itch from just watching, you know, Dave Grohl, an animal behind the drums. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of kind of got it. And I can remember the. The kit was like, it was a nice kit, uh, but it didn't, my parents like didn't know anything about drums. So like they didn't get me like proper stands, you know, God bless them. They got me the, the like kick drum and rack toms and stuff, but like not a drum throne to sit on, uh, not like cymbals and hi-hat. So it, it was kind of like, what do I do with this? And there they sat for uh, a number of years before uh, like sophomore year, I kind of picked it up again for whatever reason. And um, even then, it was just kind of like, eh, you know, kind of had a, a band and everything, um, you know, during during high school. Uh, and honestly, and then I went to college and I didn't touch the drums at all during those four years, basically. And then um, bumped into a guy. I mean, this kind of shows you that my my musical trajectory was like like this and then Tricky Dick. And I mean, that was that was it. I bumped yeah. into a guy um, actually at a Genesis tribute show uh at, at they were called the musical box at that um playhouse square and i had known him in high school he's like you still playing drums and i kind of lied and i was like yeah uh even though i really wasn't he's like yeah i want to put like a cover band together and like dude we can like just just drink beer and like you know f around and yeah so i was like sure and that's kind of um you know that was my first real working band and the only working band um that i've that i've ever been in oh that's cool so you did it the Genesis tribute band before you met the guys at Tricky Dick. So I was look, I was uh went to a Genesis tribute like show. Oh, okay. okay. They were called the musical box. So I'm I'm like a big prog rock Genesis guy. Um, and like if you know anything about Genesis, they in the 70s they did like these theater. This is Peter Gabriel, and he was doing all and Phil Collins, you know, and doing all these theatrical things. And so it kind of lended itself 40 years later to tribute acts recreating those shows and um, that's where I bumped into this guy, like in the lobby of that performance at the Allen theater, uh, or whatever it was, cause he was like me, he was kind of a prog rock guy. Um, you know, and he, but, but again, we weren't trying to do prog rock. We were trying to play like CCR tunes and like what we thought were like fun bar songs that we could just, you know, get free beer. And like I said, just, just mess around. Yeah. Have a good time. Yeah. Um, what about you, Doug? Did you grow up in uh, Cleveland or did you move here? Not even close. No, I grew up in Fort Laramie, Ohio, uh, between Dayton and Lima off of 75. Okay. And um, I went to Wright State in Dayton. Um, you know, in high school, I was in a band from my freshman until senior year called Broken Halo. We had five originals. I recently found the mini disc that it, it contains those five originals. I just can't get myself to listen to them. Uh, <laughs> I haven't even had too many disc players yet. And then, uh, but anyway, I went, I played in all through high school. And, and just like Matt said, like I went to college and I was just too having too much fun. I, I had guitars in my, you know, room in college and played 
to play Thunderstruck to dr- my drunken friends. And, and then yeah. uh, I didn't get back into music, um, like playing music until uh, after I graduated, I was in Dayton for another two years before I moved here. And I was in a band called the bottom dwellers and we played, it started out with just me and a, a, a friend of mine, that's the girl. And then my, uh, my friend Scott started playing too. And then my brother, when he turned 21, he played. And then that lasted two years and we got, had a few shows where we made, you know, six, seven, 800 bucks. And, and then my job brought me to Cleveland, which I never thought would happen. And when I got to Cleveland, I wasn't ever planning on playing music again. And then me and Matt found each other. I think it, I forget which one was which, but one of us found each other on Backpage. And one of us found each other on Craigslist. And, um, nice. yeah. and then uh, we yeah, we met in a cold, dank basement in Lakewood. And, uh, you know, they didn't really have a whole lot of other prospects. So they said, sure, you can do this too. And so, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. I, I remember somebody else saying that they met each other on Craigslist. Dave, do you remember who that was? Oh, I can't even remember. Was- I don't remember who it was. I just always remember thinking, I'm just glad they did. One of them didn't kill the other one. When- yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah. all I when I think of Craigslist, is just people murdering each other on there. So it's like this. Yeah. <laughs> this is free yeah. murder. This is 2007. Nobody was murdering each other just yet. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were just plotting it at that time. Yeah. The they were fresh ideas so, at that time. Well, hey, speaking of meeting like that, so so once you guys kind of met up and had this been so weird, the idea of Tricky Dick, like you guys play all these amazing different genres of songs and all this stuff, like, did you go into it wanting it to be that or was it like, you know what I mean? How did no. that? No, this was this was it was definitely an evolution. I can if I could bring up our for I should share it sometime, uh, like on a throwback Thursday on our social media, but like our very first kind of like song list. Um, you know, you wouldn't even probably believe it if you like go and see one of our shows, but it was like Blitzkrieg Bop, uh, Frankenstein by Edgar Winter Band, fucking Across the Universe by the Beatles. Yes. Like of all the Beatles songs. That's the one. It's a great White song. Room. Don't yeah. forget like eight minutes of White Room. <laughs> White Room. I mean, it was, and, and, but I mean, I, at the time, the guy kind of leading the band um, he was the, the driving force behind the song selection. And I think Doug and I were just kind of like, okay. You know, right. we didn't know. We didn't know. Oh, 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 oh. Sure. Yeah, we just like, okay, let's <laughs> do CCR songs and uh, go about our way. Uh, and we'd be playing the whole song. I mean, like, you know, nowadays, if anyone's seen our band, we're very like, we pretty much are like verse, chorus, verse, chorus at most. And then we're on to the next thing because we're tired of it. And probably other people are. So we're yeah. playing like, yeah, the seven minute version of White Room with like, you know, the <laughs> Frankenstein with like the drum solo and like the whole thing. So it took us a while to find kind of find our way and figure out that like if we wanted to make any sort of um, money or attract any type of audience, this was not the route. Playing the Bottoms Up pub in Lakewood, um, you know, to in the basement, in the basement of, of Bottoms Up. <laughs> Uh, which was our first gig was like not the these were not the songs that were going to get us to wherever we wanted to set us apart especially set us apart that was the thing because there's a you know playing those that kind of music there's there's gotta be 30 different bands in cleveland i'm guessing and nothing wrong with that good for them but But you learn from those types of mistakes that's the whole thing you know you like learn wait a second i've lost my audience at this 10th minute of this song (laughs) No, yeah. everybody's leaving or you it know, didn't, it didn't take long. 
you do it that way for a while, though, it's not necessarily a bad thing because playing songs like that for a little bit can really just like make you a good player. Oh, you know? without a doubt. Like you, I like you saying Frankenstein right now to me. I'm like, dude, if they were knocking that out, they must have been like crispy on their instruments. I mean, without a doubt. Like, like I said, I hadn't played drums in in years at this point. I and I faked it like I could, but I can remember like playing. Um, I, I always use this one because I remember it so clearly. Like "Hey Jealousy" by the Gin Blossoms, which a bar band is kind of like standard fare. At least it was then. So I like I'm doodle doodle doom do doodle do doom do do, and I'm playing the song. By the end of it, I was gassed. I was totally winded, and I was like, "There's no way." I was like, "There's no way I was going to do that." But to your point, like that's how you learn. You build up your stamina. You learn all these different okay. songs, and honestly, yeah, those songs are more complicated than the, uh, the you know the pitbulls and the keshes that we would eventually learn. So it yeah. did like serve that part, like that part of the band. Uh, it was a struggle, but it was also like it was necessary for us to grow and to kind of find our way and hone our 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 instruments to a degree to where like once we identified like where we thought we fit, it wasn't a, a sharp turn to to get there because like we were, I think, a pretty confident band, um, even if we were still only making three hundred dollars a show. Right. I'll tell you what. Thanks, man. I'm glad you, you were getting winded because they're. Well, at the beginning, I was not a small statured person, and I was, I thought I was, my heart was going to jump out of my chest. I don't think I'd ever exercised to any, anything close to like, you know, four hour shows. So I'm glad I never heard that you were winning. So that makes me feel much better. Well, Doug was not the Adonis that you see today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> were you, so you guys were playing four hour shows for 300 bucks back then. Oh, yeah. 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 They'd be awesome. happy to do so. Yeah. I know. I know. Isn't that crazy? You probably wouldn't even like if somebody offered you 300 bucks for a four hour show right now, you'd think it was a joke and just laugh right I mean, out of the freaking At throat. the time, uh, my goal, and I've said this before, was like to be able to make them enough money to make a car payment in this band. So I figured if I, can, if I can get four shows a month and we make 400 bucks a show, I can make a car payment. I bought a Honda Element, bright <laughs> orange, for this stupid band. <laughs> and uh... just to fit the equipment, huh, Doug? Oh yeah! At one point, it took two whole Honda elements to get all of our stuff around, and it was all garbage <laughs> equipment too. That's the best part. All and garbage. People don't understand how long four hours actually is. You know what I mean? They say <laughs> it's a six of the day. It's like, it's like, listen, you could walk into a theater, watch one of the Lord of the Rings movies, and come out. We'll still be playing "Want to Dance with Somebody" by which it's <laughs> <laughs> a long ass time. Yeah, hopefully for the only time in the evening. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do the extended three-hour. <laughs> oh my god! Well, you know that it does come. You know, it does bring me to an interesting question too. When when did you guys start putting together the types of set lists that you do now? When did that start to happen? Did it? I know you said it was an evolution, but like. I could go over your song list. There's probably hundreds of songs, even on your website that you play now. So, yeah, this, I mean, that when our lead, our current lead singer, Tony joined the band, I think that's when it really, the direction of the band really changed because he like brought the perspective of like, Hey, you guys, we need to, if we need to be doing dance music, like music that's geared towards women, that's geared mm -hmm. towards young people uh with short attention spans 
and so he brought that in even something like at the time like um what i got by sublime was like when he's like he's like why aren't you guys playing this song and that's not necessarily like you know some some um hip you know dance song or anything but compared to what we were playing it did have a fun beat it was something you could dance to way more modern a lot of people know the lyrics to that song right it was no that's like a sing-along song if people know the lyrics to something they they they're into it they'll they'll sing right along with it they love it then so i mean you know tony coming into the band and he was brought in as a bass player who could sing as well Um, but he was he's a bass player in his like bones like that's what he likes to do and he's he became our front man our like james brown um because we we didn't have anybody and i think we recognized at least that like he had the vocal ability and he's an incredibly engaging uh person on stage confidence and swag and and everything for for days uh, which the rest of us, I think, I mean, maybe Doug excluded, but certainly me would be happy to just kind of hide behind my instrument and and play and not necessarily be be seen um, or, or something like that. Uh, but Tony brought that perspective and he really pushed us to, I think, become more of a, you know, a top 40 band. And if we again, if we wanted to get where we wanted to, to be. I'm gonna take a good Of that you i mean to be top 40 when you 
you know, when you do this type of thing, you have to keep up on the current trends. Like I'm looking over your song list, 24 Karat Magic, Bruno Mars. That's relatively new. I think About Damn Time by Lizzo. Mm-hmm. That's gotten, it was that the last couple of years. It has to have been the last couple oh, it's of years. Been months. It's been out for like three or four months. No, it's Is that it? It's been long. It's been a little bit longer than that. But yeah, I mean, you know, you keep an ear to now. I mean, nowadays it's 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 probably harder because like you you can't just look at Billboard. I mean, Billboard, you know, you're going to get you're, you're going to see like what are the top songs, the Spotify, you know, top 10 or top 100. You know, you can there are those sources, but there's also like now um, TikTok and things where like songs Oh yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't even think like teenage dirtbag. There was that trend where like everyone was doing their the teenage dirtbag, you know, yearbook photos and uh things like that. Um that like you kind of have to keep an ear to too, which is you know harder and harder when you're fucking 40. Speaking <laughs> of that, Matt, I just had the perfect idea for our brand memoir from top 40 to 40 years old. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that means I <laughs> it have is so funny you're bringing that. My my birthday's this week. I turned 44, and that's why I was laughing about. Oh, when, gross! You know, <laughs> I know it's it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. <laughs> and I was laughing because I'm like, I know this Lizzo song's pretty new, but it probably could have been out for four years or four months. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, yeah Tony, Tony again. Tony, our lead guy, he's got a good. Um, I, I think a good ear, like a you know, is tuned in probably uh, with like kind of what's what's coming up. Like, what are the what are the the songs that people are are listening to? What are DJs spinning? If you go out to like Barley House or something, you know, like that's that's the audience we wanted, right? Right? We didn't want, um, you know, we didn't want the audience of. Uh, I don't know, whatever the cover band, a, a drunk Betty comes, comes to mind, even though I'm sure they're a great band, but like we wanted the audience that was coming to see like the DJ, DJ EV at the yeah. house. Like yeah. that's, that's what we wanted. Um, so yeah, you keep an, an ear out as best you can for these trends, for these songs. And then from there, yeah, I don't know, you learn them and you play them and you see if people dig them. And if they do great, you keep playing them. And if they don't, you does them. that mean that the set list can be fluid? Do you try to read the room and be it's like, gotta hey, be. it's got to be, we, we got to change this, guys. We're not playing, uh, you know, Rage Against the Machine. This crowd is not going to handle it. Let's go to NSYNC or something. I think that at this point, and, you know, Doug can probably back this up the rooms we play and the clientele that we serve, weddings and corporate events. Uh, we're, we're pretty tuned in with like the type of audience we're going to have. So we know like at, if we play, I don't know, a, a time warp bar, uh, we can, we can maybe like end the night with like a bulls, you know, bulls on parade, like a thrash. Yeah. But if we're playing around the corner, maybe not so much, maybe you, you end with a more of a sing-along or I don't know, some sort of epic tune. Uh, and then the same goes with like wedding. So you have to give yourself flexibility from room to room. Um, and even from like, you know, even within the show, like I, you know, Tony will be crossing out songs from the set and writing some stuff in if he gets requests and stuff like that. So there is a level of, of fluidity, but also, uh, you know, there's that consistency factor as well to make sure that, you know, we're all on the same page because we're playing 30 songs in a row without a break and we have to all hit our cues and all hit our marks. 
to make sure that that's that 30 minute block of music uh, is just one stream of consciousness that there's not like a bunch of breaks or, you know, people. Aren't Do you try to take into account who sings what song to try to save your voices over that time? Or, or does that. Yeah, sometimes... we just let Tony burn himself out, you know, <laughs> sing everything. <laughs> you just I mean, know the, what, the... Mike is going to sit there mostly unused and it's a favor. Doug does a Doug throws a harmony in there. Oh yeah, you know, we used to have Doug. I mean, we all share vocals, so I mean, in all seriousness, yeah, there'll be like like Jeff, who's our keyboardist, will be. He tends to get the songs that are the higher registers, uh, the higher range songs. So like, you get he, he'll see two, three of his songs in a row, and he'll be like, "Yo, can I have a break after this?" You know, like, can someone yeah. else, uh, sing a song? And so I'll yeah. sing some songs. We used to have Doug sing lead. Uh, we keep saying we got to bring it back. I want him out front again. Uh, we've singing. said that for eight years and honestly <laughs> it was ah oh, man oh, it was great it was really, oh i mean it was it was goofy I, I nobody can take me seriously with the microphone not that they can really take me seriously with the guitar but you strike me as a front man when i when i agree I, your your look the whole thing man you like all the guitars hanging in the it back was, like there he, he is he just needs his moment he's like He's like Phil Collins. Like he just yeah. needs the Tony to leave the band and then we'll be like, well, who, who can we do now? And it just, we had yeah. the guy already well, in our band. He just needs to step center stage. Just so what, when, what are the songs that, that Doug takes center stage on as of right now that everybody oh. else backs up? What if, who, who, when are we passing the mic to Doug for lead vocals? Well, unfortunately, we're not right now, but we needed those out. <laughs> but I, I'm telling you, we got to change it. He used to sing Shoop. Yeah, uh, that was that was his moment. Oh, come on. on. I love here I go. Here I go. Here I go again. Uh, yeah. I mean, Doug, so Doug, if I come to your guys' show on Friday, even though it'll be in the past by the time this thing airs. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try to just run up to the front of the stage and be like, Doug, you got to sing Shoop, man, for me. For me. I, I mean, I could, I could do it. I mean, it's my one of the few songs. So, like, whenever, whenever I used to actually sing songs, it would take me a few weeks with flashcards going over it. Like, I am not. I can whistle you any guitar solo, but I cannot remember lyrics to save my life. Oh, uh, you get yeah. to choruses. I've even screwed that up. Like, take me down to the Bird Eye City, and my buddy's like, "What's the name of the song?" Is it Paradise City? He's like, "Oh, <laughs> like it's bad." Matt's heard. Matt's heard them all in this van. The van has heard everything, like all the dumb lyrics I've screwed up, and I'm I'm not very good at remembering them. It's it's just, and I don't really have a good singing voice. This is pretty much ah, I mean that's about my register. Most oh, people don't know the lyrics anyway, so it's not like they're holding you accountable. What's weird is those. There's always that one person that does know the lyrics that would look at you funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, you can you can kind of like make them question it though. Like if you just confidently sing the wrong lyric, yeah, then they'll start to question whether they they were actually incorrect. Yeah, I see you see that a lot. Like I'll just you know as long as you say it, sing it with confidence. Yeah, like, wait, I don't think that was right, but I'm not sure. And by then, you know, you're on to the next song and. Everyone forget you guys. I'm not even joking. When I have enough in me, you guys could be humming the songs up there, and I'd probably be dancing. To be honest with you, that's just how I am. Yeah, yeah. Some some people are. The, the, every room is different. Sometimes we use the metaphor. It can be like a, a tug of war. Sometimes where like you're just trying to get people going, and they're just like they're stiff and they they got their drink and they're kind of like standing there. 
And so there are rooms we play where like the minute we we step we start, there's people like there ready, ready to go. So oh and well, and I've seen on your and I don't know how you guys handle this, but I saw on, on the YouTube like a bunch of people rushing up on stage with their drinks and everything, jumping around with I don't, you know, sometimes you gotta be like, oh my yeah, god. Oh boy. Yeah, um, yeah, that can be, I mean, it's you 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 want that to a degree because like in this in this crazy like cover band you know scene or whatever like you want a degree of sort of like almost like tension like you want you want the audience to kind of feel like anything like could happen the next song could be anything and the the environment should kind of reflect that but you also don't want people like bumping into your stuff and like falling yeah. over and spilling their drinks that's the worst because that stuff's so expensive man nobody understands oh it. god yeah <laughs> and the cases um, keep those safe they're I taking know. off for shows so then somebody can like uh man it's insane yeah the, the amount of I, I remember uh jeff's first gig was at, at some ski resort and some drunken girl came on and snapped my power supply off inside my pedal board and so oh, I, had to, like, no. I don't know what they did for a few minutes but i was my the van was down like the, the first floor. We were on the third floor, so I had to go down and get a pedal that I hadn't even programmed yet, and just sort of figure it out on the fly. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, wow. breaking stuff breaking on stages. Luckily, it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, man, it's stressful. It is. Oh, stressful. I believe it. I believe it. I, I remember I, I played a show years ago. It was like this. I think it was some kind of Fratapalooza thing. It was at Mountain Union. And I remember I didn't have any backup equipment. I was broke as a joke. I was like 20 years old and my foot pedal just broke uh, for my bass drum. My kick pedal just broke. I mean, I didn't have nothing. To, I didn't know what to do. I had to like rush back. I was like, you guys got to play some acoustic songs for like 10 minutes. You know, <laughs> I'm running to the back. I'm grabbing like tools, somebody's tools. I'm trying to put the thing back. Together. I ended up fixing it. Thank God. But yeah, it was like, you know, there's always something going on unexpected at a show. Matt had a drum stool die. Uh, Mr. Ed's in Port Clinton. I'll never forget that. We were trying to find any apparatus that he could sit on and just nothing. Like he ended up suffering just sitting like, <laughs> like a standard, like low table chair. And he uh, just, the whole time I just felt, and whenever anybody else has a, a, an issue like that, it ruins me for the show. Cause I just, I know I've, I've, I've had every single po uh, problem ever possible. And I'm like, so I feel bad. Then I can't concentrate because I feel bad. And oh, <laughs> God, difficulties they are the worst. No, no, they are bad. Uh, well, speaking of like crazy stuff that happens at shows, Dave, I know you have the story and then we're going to ask the members of tricky Dick what they may have. That's kind of a little bit of an out there story from either a wedding or a gig or maybe several stories. But Dave, <laughs> tell, tell me a recent story that just happened to you that I remember going, oh, my God, <laughs> I can't believe that happened to you. Well, no. you played well, you played your wedding. I'll, I'll tell this one because just just because it's a cautionary tale for people who think that this job is like glitz and glamour. Oh, uh, it's <laughs> like just, just take take heed stay in school do something else if you can um but uh so we're doing we're doing a wedding and like brian said we you know we'll keep it keep it private to what it was but the huge wedding prominent people and me and my guitar player are standing there he he usually the rest of the band goes and hangs out whatever but i'm emceeing so i kind of have 
there for everything that's going on. And the guitar player hangs with me in case I need something, whatever. And we're standing there and we start noticing that it there's something funny, like something dripping onto the microphone. And it, this, it, it, the, like the father of the bride is holding this microphone up like this and he's not crying. And his, but his nose is just dripping onto this microphone. Okay. And I'm noticing it. And I look over at my guitar player and I'm like saying, are you, are, am I seeing this right? Is this really happening? And he's like, yeah, dude, I think, I think that's what that is. And we're just both like, Oh my God. Oh my God. So we watched this for like a 20, 25 minute speech. This goes on. So I'm speech ends. I gingerly walk over to this microphone. I take it from him. Okay. And I'm holding it like it's a nuclear bomb that's leaking. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm going like this and somebody says something to me and I go to turn around and I bump into the, to the father of the bride as he's starting to walk back to where he's going. And he hits my elbow and the microphone goes straight into my mouth, like right up my nose, lips, whole thing just goes completely. Oh. <laughs> That's the most disgusting and thing. My guitar player sees it. He looks at me and sees it. He just starts laughing. <laughs> I just go walking over to him and I say, just get me gum. Somebody get me gum right now. <laughs> oh, my God. No. So, again, if you ever think this job is just put on a pair of cool sunglasses. And <laughs> Tony got farted on recently, so I know how that goes. And he let oh him it out. That was no joke. I don't know how he would start the next song. We were all died. Like, dude, you just fart. I mean, the guy just looked at him like. <laughs> <laughs> was the guy like it was a it was at another wedding. Yeah, yeah. A guy, a guy who was on stage, and like I, I can't remember if he was in if if he was you know doing his speech or if he was invited or what the story. But he You're was never on invited stage. on stage. And Tony was Tony was like, Did you just fart on me. And the guy was like, yep. <laughs> what? Oh. 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 <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, that's just that's just wrong. You know what? You know what? I feel like surprisingly doesn't happen as much as I thought it would when I first started doing weddings. But have you had any crazy like bouquet toss things or like garter toss thing? Like I always thought there would be because I grew up watching like the America's Funniest Home videos. Yeah, so, so did I. It's the best. It still is every, really good. <laughs> has like a crazy bouquet toss thing happen and i've almost never seen it yeah no i mean i don't think that that i have either as far as like bou bouquets and stuff uh because that's all that always happens during our break and that's when we're like going to pee or hitting the ball uh, there you go oh yeah so like that's like, our that's our like private time for for like 10 minutes 15 minutes so that's why well, we really never see yeah. them well, if you guys had to pick, and I'm going to ask you individually, because I love these great stories. I love show stories because they're just, they're so unexpected, but they're so real. Uh, Doug, if you had to pick one story in all the years you're playing at a venue or just at a wedding or whatever that sticks out in your mind. Okay, you, so I have one, but it's not in this band. Okay. This one that has to do with a shovel. I don't have any shovel stories from this band. Um, so I was in, uh, I was playing at the Wagon Wheel in Burgettsville, Ohio. This is in my band, uh, Broken Halo, back in, I was probably a sophomore, maybe a junior. 
and this place is not meant to have a band. They just tuck you in the corner, they say good luck, and we'll give you whatever the door gets. Here, well, here's one 110 outlet. Go ahead and uh, plug it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. That's probably, that. That's that's why it sounded like garbage. It wasn't us. It wasn't us at all. So this dude comes in. He's like, I come here all the effing time. I ain't paying anything. I ain't paying about your $4. Like, sir, then you got to leave. You can't go. So um, they end up, he walks in, orders his beer. They grab him by the shoulders, kick him out. Well, the dude gets in his truck, pulls up, and this is like in one of those uh, podunk towns where you have like your Coors Light, says, come on in, whatever. Well, dude went, pulled his truck up, went to the back of his truck, picked up a shovel, threw it through the window, and went through a neon sign, like no joke, no more than three to four inches in front of my face. Like went through the window, through like I almost got hit, killed in the shovel with a shovel. I almost died from a shovel. <laughs> Over the $4 cover charge and this guy getting thrown out. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is in Burgersville, Ohio. Not that super surprising. But I used to remember walking over. My parents were there. And I'm like, yeah, oh, like everyone knows. Like, watch, your, watch your mouth. And I'm like, I just almost got killed by a shovel. <laughs> that's the end of it. That's the end of the story. I'm sorry. I mean, that's, that's Matt. A, I'm that, terrible at telling that. stories. I freaking love stories like that. I mean, I'm glad you're okay. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Thanks. I'm surprised you didn't. Uh, uh, you decided to play music after that. I would have been like, "Hey, you know, maybe this is more dangerous than I thought it was." I don't know. Jeez, that's like the Blues Brothers when they're playing behind like the chicken wire. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys remember a Patrick Swayze movie called Roadhouse, but yeah. that band that would play and that never seen it. The keyboardist was uh, he was blind and they yeah. chucked freaking beer bottles at him the entire time he was playing oh till, that's amazing yeah till till patrick swayze showed up and kicked everybody's ass then it all you know came back down Matt, have you seen this roadhouse is a fantastic movie oh man yes it is yeah i'm gonna have to watch yeah. that sometime it, it might be on available i'm sure it's available on one of the seventy-two thousand streaming services you can you can use these days oh so. i have them all i'm spending probably five times more than i was on cable I was like, "Cut the cord." Yeah, five times, and we'll call it even. There's not a single movie Doug's not able to see. Don't Uh, watch the original one. Don't watch the original one. There's a remake coming up starring Jake Gyllenhaal. It'll be much better than the original. Dave, Dave, I'm gonna mute your fucking mic right now. (laughs) God damn it! Play for the remake. The remake is always better. We know this. Who is play Donnie Darko, but do it in the Roadhouse universe? Because I feel like that would be even better. The original had the guy um, with the the handlebar. The handlebar who talks like this. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, yeah. What's his name? Wasn't he was also in uh, the Big Lebowski? You guys are so- talking about his his first name Sam, and I'm trying to think of his last. Sam name. Elliott. Sam. Yeah. Sam Elliott. Oh, is that him? The guy from like the yeah. Okay. Uh, star of Tombstone, he never ages. He's looked the same since the '80s till today. Yeah, Sam Elliott. <laughs> he looks. He looks good. Great hey, man. Legendary mustache. <laughs> um, Matt, what about you? Craziest yeah. story you can think of from a show, Tricky Dick or otherwise? Um, yeah. Tricky Dick is you know, really the only band that I've that I've, I guess, been in that would have any sort of interesting story. I I think of one show, and I'm pretty sure that these two incidents happened at the same show, and this is probably 10 years ago at this point, where, um, like, we were kind of, like, right, you know, we're, we're 
in our mid to late twenties at this time and just going buck wild, um, you know, at, at a lot of shows, um, best time to play in your life. I'm sure that was like, <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was reckless. It was completely, completely reckless. Uh, and just, you know, it, nothing, nothing really mattered at the time. So you just, yeah. went out and you got hammered and, and played, played your songs and people, people liked it. Um, but I can remember this was at around the corner and I was, you know, I was drinking um, Corona's all night. I was probably taking shots of, of Jameson the whole, the whole, the whole nine. And oh, by the, by the end of the, the evening, and I control the lights on a tablet, right? So like our light show is going and I'm hitting buttons on this tablet that make our, our light show go. So that computer is like very important. And it also allows me to control oh, you know, I know how, this one. how light or dark, <laughs> dark things are. And I'm, like I said, I'm, I think these two incidents happen at the same time. So I'll do the, you know, I'm drinking all night and like it's, we've got 20 minutes to go and I've got to pee. Um, and this is at around the corner and like getting up and around from my drum kit, like really isn't an option. The whole show would obviously stop. It would be real. You're fenced in, essentially. You're yeah, walking yeah, totally in, fenced in. in. So like, I was like, well, I control the lights. So I, I hit the button to black out the lights and I turn around like this and I grab up my Corona bottle. Um, and I pee into the bottle, like, uh, like dumb and dumber style. Uh, I'm just like <laughs> peeing into the thing. Um, and I get done and, and, you know, back to playing and, you know, a few songs go by and I'm like, God damn, you know, I'm thirsty. Uh, so I, I look up <laughs> and I see this Corona there, you know, it's, it's, it's full. It's, and, and I like, you know, I don't know if you've ever like actually drank pee, um, <laughs> Only to survive. But it's like uh, I, I took this, I took a swig of it like this, and it hits like about here, and you realize you've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> like I don't, I, it doesn't even have to go past like your your gullet, and I'm just like, and and it was like, you know, and and I and you know whatever, I, it, I kept going. It didn't really affect me, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's what pee tastes like. Um, <laughs> and then that that same show. And, and again, I'm pretty sure it was the same show. Like at one point, and this is probably after I like, I, I stand up and I like fall, fall down like the, And I take the whole tablet down with me. And so and I, pick, I pick up the tablet and you know how LCD screens are when they get that crack in them and it's got like oh, marble shit. and yep. I'm like, and I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm hammered and, and it's got that crack, but I'm still like, I'm pushing the buttons like this somebody and, was behind you like patting your like it was Matt, yeah it's done it's yeah, not it was our lead singer's girlfriend at the time and she's like man it's not it's not gonna it's, work it's not gonna work because i'm going what what you just what? let it go <laughs> and this is like 10 to 2 you know we're right at the last leg of our show yeah and i'm like i'm like i i'm sure i can i'm sure i can get it and uh and it, it wasn't it, it wasn't gonna happen but um yeah so like i said that to me, and that goes to show, like that could have been two different shows, but in my brain and forevermore, it was the the same show because at, certainly at that point, uh, like everything just melts together. That was that is an insanely great story, and I'm so glad you drank your own piss just so we could hear about it today. But yeah, I can't wait to tell my kids all about it someday. <laughs> yeah, you just people will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> well, so well, well. How about we transition into something like this? What 
speaking, you guys have probably played almost every venue in Cleveland and, and over the course of the last, you know, more than a decade. Um, are there any that stick out to you that you really like to play just because of the venue itself, not because it has people or the money or anything like that, just the location itself? Is there a specific venue you really like? Doug, I'll let you go first. Um, House of Blues is always awesome because you get to see how, like, everything is done so professional. Like, you get to play on a million-dollar a million dollar PA system with a million-dollar lights. And um, and I, I like that place, too, because the, the, everybody there is always willing to help. Like, even if it's not their equipment, they're always willing to help. And just that room, just because I've seen so many really cool shows there. Like, I was able to see Foo Fighters there before um, – um, before the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony last year. Um, and I thought that was really cool. It's the last time I got to see them. And it's just like, then the next time you play, they were like, they were just standing right here. And I, I don't know, I can't get past that kind of stuff. So House of Blues is always good. Um, and I, I love the roundhouse. I just love the, just the debauchery and just trying to fit all your stuff on like uh, a 10-foot circle. And uh, I, I don't know. I just, Matt can, you can ask Matt. I mean, I, I don't get really picky. I just love, I just love playing. I just love playing and I like, and I like light beer and they go together so well. So isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I don't get, I, it, I, I'm not as picky as I used to, but I still, you know, I, it, when people are being rowdy, it's as long as somebody's being violent. I, I'm having a good time. Oh, that's great, man. I like that. And, and, and Dave, you played house of blues for uh, a couple times. What did you think of that place? Oh, it's great. It's like it's like uh, Doug saying it's it's cool when you play any venue like that, that, you know, people you look up to have played before you've seen them play because you kind of can't get it out of your brain. You're like, I was just seeing so and so stand right here. Now I'm standing right here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? Actually, that reminds me you now. I know you guys do a light show. Do, do Are you still controlling it or do you bring somebody with you to control your light show now? No, that's still that's still me. That's part of my job. Are you doing it? Okay. Yep. Yep. We're fairly like in compact, um, contained, I guess, unit, right? So I mean, when we <clears throat> we have our own, you know, PA system, we have our own production, we have a dedicated sound engineer that that travels with us uh, and works with us on on nearly um, every show, and it's it's all good equipment and the, the light show uh, you know, that was another game changer. I think for us, not a lot of bands were, were doing a like, you know, $10,000 light show, which is kind of, you know, $10,000 isn't that much money, but like when you uh, with like the way lighting equipment um, is, and I mean, Dave, you probably know this, like you can buy sophisticated fixtures uh, especially for the rooms we're playing that won't break the bank. Um, yep. But I mean, it was certainly like at the time, like, I don't think a lot of bands, I think were just like, you know, you buy like some, some flat pars and you put them on sound mode. Uh, I don't know that a lot of bands at the time were doing uh, like intelligent lighting that changed with the dynamics of the music and everything. So we continue that to this day. Um, we're always investing uh, in trying to kind of up, up the ante a little bit on on our performance and our presentation so yeah i mean uh we do we do all that stuff and depending on the venue uh you know some some venues we pull out the whole motherfucker 
some venues we can just roll up and plug in our our uh, instruments and go. It really does make a huge difference to the show, though. Mm-hmm. I know, I know the guys in my band are always saying that it's like you almost sometimes you feel like if you don't give at least a little bit of a light show, like you're ripping people off. I know it's, I know that's not really the case. They're paying for the music, but for some reason, you feel like if you don't give them something to look at, <laughs> yeah. 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 even yeah. simple stuff like, I mean, like when we're, when we're playing it around the corner, and that's a room where we usually have between like the built-in crowd that goes to around the corner in Lakewood and the people coming to see us, we have a pretty good room built. Like by, by the time we hit our first note and you get up there and the lights are on and you do that dramatic, like where it's a blackout, you know, like, like if you're in a theater yeah, uh, and you hear this rush from the crowd that they're like, yeah, like, I mean, just that, like little yeah. stuff like that. Um, really like, again, people feel like they're at, at a show, right? They don't feel necessarily like they're just at a bar or at a club. Like they feel like they're a part of something that's like slightly, slightly above average. <laughs> yeah, and, and and we love lights, very... so we have to troubleshoot them, right, Matt? What's that? We love lights until we have to troubleshoot them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every every, every show, uh, something, something. Not every show, but nearly every show, something goes wrong. Someone's instrument isn't working. Uh, someone forgot to print the sets. Uh, a light fixture isn't working. A uh, computer battery is dead. Uh, the, the, the elevator's broken to the 13th floor. Like everything is, yep. every show has something. When, you, when you're me, as soon as you hear the word troubleshoot, as soon as someone says troubleshoot, I'm like David Blake. I just disappear. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like vague. I'm okay. the opposite. I um, think for some reason, I think I can fix anything. Someone's like, what's going on? How can I help? But like I get annoying, <laughs> real fucking annoying. Like, what can I do? Did you think this? Then you're like, yes, we thought about that, Doug. I'm like, all right, let me start googling. Then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah then you got people. You got people like Dave who, who he doesn't disappear. He locks himself in a block of ice for three days to make sure. <laughs> I want to make sure there is no chance I can help. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the Vegas Strip, lo- naked, locked in a block of ice. Just fucking, don't even contact me about this problem, please. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh yeah. my gosh! So, guys, what kind of places are you? Uh, what what kind of shows you got coming up for 2023? Where are you going to be? Where 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 are you playing? The first one of 2023 will be, well, I think Boat Show Friday, right? And then um, we got Holiday Hangover, which um, we have tickets that we can help people out with. Yeah, that's the House of Blues Blue yep. Show. This That's what, January 14th. So depending on when people are, are viewing this, um, that may or may not have, have passed, but um the yeah the that's you know that's a marquee show we haven't gotten to do it the last couple of years because of our our schedules um but like anytime we can do that that's one that's got you know other what i would consider like marquee bands uh you know cover bands uh yeah trailer park ninjas they're a great band old school uh i count them among you know one of the one of the best bands uh in the in the area that's doing our you know our shtick our i think i remember seeing old school up at Putin Bay, I, I think that's the one time I've seen old. School. I think they play at a boathouse. I think. Pretty okay. Cool. Great. Do you, guys, do you guys ever play Putin Bay or? Oh yeah, Roundhouse for many years. We just haven't played there since before COVID. 
um okay. for this reason or that you know the the summer of COVID, you know we all have kids and just took it easy um and then the summer after that we were playing the previous summer's weddings plus that current summer's wedding so we just didn't have an, any openings to play there and you know we're gonna try and make it back hopefully bound across our fingers next summer we'll see how our sh- schedule shakes out but obviously having kids does not help oh us. yeah Oh yeah, totally. Multiple days at a time. You got you guys basically have it. So if if you go to like websites, what's what's the website people can go to just check your schedule and stuff? Tricky Doug, do you remember Doug? Uh, trick 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 something. No, uh, trickyditcoverband.com. Nice. Yeah. So I mean, you 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 kind of see like this 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 ebb and flow. you know, where like January, February, March is our, our club season in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, so we'll be doing around the corner and like what we'll be doing time warp in Westlake, the wild Eagle bars throughout the area. Uh, and then like we hit like wedding and private event season where we essentially like you don't hear from us except for our social media, like pictures of here's the wedding we're playing or here's the this or the that. Uh, Shooters, we don't get rained out for five years in a row. Yeah, shooters is is we try and get some of those in Edgewater Live. The summer's cool because like we do get opportunities to do obviously like outdoor shows uh, and like you know those Sundays and like Sunday afternoon type things, which can be like kind of kind of weird, but also kind of fun. I mean, they're just it's a different vibe. Uh, yeah. So like there's there's events like that, and then like you know we enter like this time of year. Uh, you know, October, November, December, where it's it's rounding out that type of stuff and uh, doing the club circuit, you know, again. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. And, and actually, on the website, I found a lot of great information. I just wanted to bring it up. Like, you can see where your upcoming venues are at um, and the different songs that you guys play. And they got pictures of you and links to YouTube videos of your of you guys playing out and, and the light show and, and the different songs you're, you're singing uh, live. Uh, can they actually book you on the website? You guys can be booked from the website or no? Yeah. You can send uh, like an inquiry. There's a, you know, kind of contact us, which goes direct to our, our Gmail uh, account. Uh, you know, we get inquiries all the time um, for, for weddings and things like that through, through that type of thing. And um you know, and from there, we usually did. Tony's our, our main guy. Uh, he's kind of the the admin of the group, I think, at this point. He handles all the the uh, correspondence and communication that, that comes into our, our private event uh, bookings. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Tony's uh, does a great job of of keeping all that stuff um, organized for everyone in the band kind of has their has their 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 role. That's like performance and, and otherwise like Doug is Doug makes sure that our van is always kept up to speed uh, you know they're just getting all the oil changes and yeah, oh, when equipment fails uh and things we're need one of the few van uh, bands I think that know that their van needs oiled and uh because it's my dad's beating that into my head you know how maintenance works and I don't do it myself I just schedule it and facilitate yeah. oh yeah <laughs> Hey, yeah, it's a- like Tony does the Tony does a lot of the the admin stuff. Like I was saying, like handles contracts. Uh, Jeff is our resident musical guru. Uh, the, he's 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 I, almost I, I would think a certified genius when it comes to 
uh, his, his like ear, you know, he, he can, he's a great singer. He's a great player. And he just has this knack for like being able to dial in sounds uh, and reproduce them on the keyboard and make it sound like the record, make it sound like the, the single. And I don't know, at this point I pretty much just play drums. So I'm. And do the light show. You and play the, the drums show. and you do the light show. Yeah. And that's very important as we as we all know now. Yeah. Indy yeah. um, always has a lot of good snacks. He doesn't share yeah. it, but he has a lot of good snacks. I make a killer Chex mix. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Legendary. Well, how about this? Let, let me say, let me ask you this. Um, I, I, I think I'm a pretty sweet, suave guy. I come up to you guys at a show and I'm like, hey, you guys want to play my backyard this July for exposure? What do you guys say to stuff like that these days? <laughs> sure. I say sure. Then I go hit the head and I go and get a beer and then I go back on stage and avoid you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to know, what are you exposing us to? Is it like... A, <laughs> is There's it, a lot of things to be exposed to these days. Who, who, who has not, who's has not? been in a band and not heard the old exposure line? Hey, look, guys, I can't pay you much, but it'll be I great can't. for you. The first time we did, the time we did Roverfest was for exposure. <laughs> The, the the meme the the memes are coming to mind of like the little bored kid giving like the the look like really um, yeah, the Robert I mean, Downey Jr. eye roll look we've we've gotten that before uh, you know there's there's places that I mean to this day they're like they're like yeah we can only pay you six hundred dollars but you know there's a lot of people that come here and they're they'll probably um, you know book you for their whatever wedding corporate event uh it's we played a political party once they lost yeah <laughs> so you've got that going for your resume oh no oh no you're not you're batting zero on that one not they lost a councilman or something we were playing a I, park in lake I county <laughs> <laughs> Doug, Doug, this looks show. like a, there's a story behind this. It looks like a good story. Did, that, that is the story. I don't think that anything it's it like crazy happened. No, I, I think yeah, our lost. keyboard our keyboardist was just like, yeah, there's this guy running for like I don't even know what it was, city council or something. County recorder, our, whatever the fuck that is. And we're like, <laughs> sure, yeah, we'll, we'll play. This was at the this was at the point, you know, again where we would we didn't do much vetting of gigs it was like if a gig came up i mean we were doing a roundhouse we were playing five shows in three days uh we were just doing day night day night day night you know that was just and at the time that's just you know that's just what 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 you did because yeah you did want to get in front of as many people as possible you wanted to become um a good band and you wanted to uh you know, make as much money as possible. Uh, and sometimes just taking whatever was in front of you was the, the way to go. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, when, when you're early on in your career, exposure might be one thing. Yeah. But when you've been playing everywhere and, some, uh, and people think they can come up to you and talk to you about exposure, it's, the, big, it's the biggest joke going. So anybody listening, do never go up to an experienced band, especially men that are in their forties, and tell them that they're going to have to play for exposure. Because I'm the only gross one in the band that's forty in their forties. Yeah, oh, still spry if, late thirties. If you oh, say, God. Say, if you say play for exposure to a forty year old musician, he'll probably expose himself to you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, well, with that being said, I, I think we're going to conclude this episode of Cleveland Schwill. Uh, Dave, what did you uh, what did you learn today? Besides, you- besides getting a microphone mouthful of snot. <laughs> well, I I learned all musicians like to play for exposure, and <laughs> learned that uh, learned that even if you're safe safe on a stage with a with a guitar or a bass that uh, a, a runaway garden utensil could kill you at any moment. Yeah. Imagine, uh, imagine how all of our... Honestly, life, it would have only gotten like an inch through. This thing has been through everything. So. If, that guy, if that guy had had just a few less beers and his aim was a little better, imagine what our lives would be like. It would be so much better off. You'd be so much better off. You'd have a guitar player with only two beer holders instead of three. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Oh my God! Hey Matt, did you learn anything today? Do you think, or are you the same man that you came in coming out? Um, <laughs> I, I I had never heard the, <laughs> I had Doug, never heard Doug's the like double story, so I I didn't know that uh, that we were that close to Tricky Dick never happening because Doug almost took a a shovel to the dome. So um, it oh. makes me it makes me. Uh, <laughs> So so grateful and in, introspective on on what 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 might have been if uh, if that if that guy all, in Ber- all the what ifs all the alternate universes where Doug yeah. was hit with the shovel have all come to mind. Yes, it's like it's a fucked up version of it's a wonderful life. I think like uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> semi wonderful cover band. <laughs> where yes, where the 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 road that we should that that'll be our. That'll be our, um, our, our, our memoir, our, our docu-pick would be like, what, what is Tricky Dick if Doug had been uh, killed by the shovel in 2004? But by then you'll be calling it a weed whacker, so the story's more exciting. Yeah, oh, somehow yeah. it was plugged in. His yeah. You're just whirling. Yes. <laughs> now, now, Doug, if, we, if I transition over to you, what, what did you learn today? Did you learn anything? Uh, I learned that you're 44. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And actually, you know, to be honest with you, I, when I thought about that and I looked in the mirror this morning, I, I thought I counted 44 gray new gray hairs. I love it. Yeah, no, I love every one of them. They're all special children to me. <laughs> and if I if I had to take something away, I would say I learned that you know every Corona you drink, if it's warm and it gets down to about the gullet, you should know by about that time if you're actually drinking piss or not. That's about the time you should know. it takes. Something's yeah. uh, something's gone wrong. <laughs> something's, something's gone wrong somebody else control the lights I'm not in condition to do so right now uh, and with that being said hey everybody thanks for joining us on this edition of Cleveland Schwill we, we definitely want to thank Doug and Matt from Tricky Dick and you guys have to go out and check them out sometime at least on YouTube or on their website because they are a lot of fun book them for your wedding book them for your venue great band great guys and uh we will see you again in 2023 take care thanks guys